0: Well, good afternoon, a pleasant and blessed Sabbath to all of you. I hope that you're having a, a wonderful Sabbath so far. Um, I'm going to talk to you about something that has really touched my life just in just a span of six days. Um, this is going to be uh, a very unique experience that I had. You see, last Friday, um, not yesterday, but the Friday be- uh, before yesterday or Friday uh, Caleb was playing outside and he found a baby bird or what they call the a nestling he found a baby bird in our backyard and so my wife told me that they found a bird and they put it in a box and and I told I told her that uh, you know what how this ends uh the bird will eventually die there's uh, there's really no hope because um, before that, we have a few birds falling from their nest in our backyard, and they all eventually die. But uh, but we just gave it a try, and we put it in a box, and I was thinking that, mm, look at this bird. It will just die. But when we approached the bird, lo and behold, the bird opened its mouth. It's so big. I think it's just about 120 degrees. It's so big that I thought that, oh, I think it's hungry, let's feed it. And then my wife asked me, what should we feed it? Hmm. So we go to Google and see what, what we should feed the Nestling. And we just gave it um, the, what you call that, the rice milk, the am, what you call that am um, when you cook rice. And then we, we eventually um, turn it to solid food and feed it with cooked rice. And so I was thinking, If this bird is going to keep on eating, then I I think this bird would eventually live and grow into an adult and fly, and eventually fly. So I would just uh, want to show you a video of how the bird looks like, just to give you an idea of how big its mouth and how it is crying for food. So let's flash the video. It's a very short clip. Yes, that's the nesting of the baby bird. So you can just see how big the mouth of that baby bird is. So we are now feeding him, um, cooked uh, rice. Right? So that's how it looks like. And so, I was thinking. So that the the bird is eating and it seems healthy. So that a day and night passed by. I woke up and I said. Perhaps that, that bird is already dead, because already it's it's already um, it passed uh, another night. And so I went to the kitchen. That's where we put it. And we hid it in the kitchen. And then we, and then I opened the box, and it suddenly cried. And I said, "Oh, it's still alive!" So I was happy, and a hope was kindled inside of me. And I said, "Wow, this could be a this this bird is going to live." And now I'm imagining that he would uh, grow big, grow feathers, and then I would eventually make him a pet, and then we will fly together. No, not <laughs> fly together. I would see him fly. And I'm, having, I'm getting uh, attached to the bird. I'm forming a, a connection, a bond. And so I'm so happy. And so um, the second day or third day or perhaps fourth day, my wife keep telling me that, Josh, you should put it back to the, to the parent birds. You should put it back to the wild because the parent birds are looking for it," I said. Can you just imagine? Can the birds find this baby bird and then uh, carry it and put it back to their nest? That will not happen," I said. I I told her, and but she she kept on insisting. And so what we did is we put in we put the baby bird outside, and the baby bird just cried and cried, and then. The the other birds, I think it's um house crow. When it grows up it grows, it's a house crow. So a lot of birds come come near to the to the box and said, Oh, look, they are they are interested, they are hearing this bird. And so what we did was we put it in the garage so that um if perhaps the parent birds would find the baby bird so they would be able to take care of the bird. And so while I was working Outside, I could hear the birds. They are very noisy. So, like that. So, I look out, what? Look at that. There's a, there's the parent birds. They are actually looking at the, the bird and they are bringing food. The, the small seed, the red one. I don't know what, what kind of food is that. So, so they were feeding the bird. So, I was so happy because finally, they have found their, their baby bird. So, i I look out so three to four days or five days i i I went back to the to the bird and i saw I saw the bird it's not crying anymore. it seems that nature has its own um instinct that they should stay away from the humans, so before they were the, the bird is crying to me asking for food, but now it's hiding it's hiding back and and it doesn't want me to see to see him. So I said, ah, so this is how nature works. At first, he was close to me. He was trying to ask for food. And now he he has his parents. He doesn't need me anymore. So I just left the the bird there on the fifth day. But on the sixth day, I woke up and I said, I need to check the bird. I look out from the window and look, there's the box. It's not there anymore on top of where we put it. So... My heart skipped a little bit, and I said, what happened to the bird? So I, I went out early morning around 5.30, and I, I saw the box on the floor. So I was thinking, oh, perhaps the the parent birds have already took the bird, the baby bird, and maybe they flew away together. And so I, I, I tried to look for it. I look around the car. Maybe perhaps it's just... The bird is just on the ground looking for his parents. But a few minutes, I really could not find the bird in the, in the garage. So I went outside and I looked up the sky and, and saw some birds. And I was thinking, perhaps one of these birds are the, the little one that I would kept. And I said, I just hope that I saw him fly away because that's my dream. <laughs> to finally flying. But I'm a little sad that time, so um, I said to myself that oh, that's how nature works. But well, I, as I stopped and looked and I looked down, my heart stopped because the bird is there on the <laughs> ground with his chest and abdomen open. The dead is already that the cat is already dead. I the, the, the bird already is already dead, and I remember the day before that there were cats roaming around in our backyard, and I was really sad to see the cat I the the bird is already dead, and all my hopes was dashed, and I was thinking that I was hoping that I would find the bird flying. And so what I did was I took out the the box I threw it away so that I would forget the bird because I I, I was really kind of attached to the bird and so I, I buried the, the the bird and I said that was so um sayang ba. I could have I could have protected protected it better I could have looked around but I didn't I could have done better taking care of the bird but it's too late the bird is already dead but thankfully, there are lessons that I've learned from this, this, this unique experience. It might be sad, at least for me, but I asked Yahweh that perhaps Yahweh is telling me or, or teaching me something from this experience. And yes, there are a lot of, there's so many lessons that I've learned here, but I just want to distill it into four. For the purpose of this message, I just want to share with you the four lessons that I want that I have learned from taking, this baby, taking care of this baby bird. So the first, the first lesson I want to share with you is that we need to open wide our mouth. Open wide your mouth. In Psalm 81 verse 10, it says, Psalm 81 verse 10, I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will feel it. So you could see here, brethren, that perhaps one of the most fascinating aspects of my experience is that for the first time, I saw a baby bird open its mouth. I know it's big, but this is the first time that I saw it up close, and it's really big. And this reminds me of Psalm 81, verse 10. If you have, found, uh, if you have seen a, a parent bird feeding their little ones, the small birds open their mouths with great enthusiasm, with excitement, and so much yearning of the food. The young birds don't simply open their mouths like small mouths, but they really open their mouths so big and so wide. And I believe that is the type of attitude God wants to see from us. He wants us to open our mouths wide so that he can fill them with his goodness, love, and blessing. Sadly, this wasn't the case with the ancient Israelites because if you read verse 11 of the same chapter, it says, But my people would not heed my voice, and Israel would have none of me. But we don't have to be like the Israelites, brethren. We can choose to open our mouths to God. We don't have to go to the other gods to fulfill or satisfy our cravings. We don't don't have to go to other sources. We don't have to go to earthly and material possessions to get filled. God is saying that we must focus our mind to him. And we must open and wide our mouth. Not to other gods, but to Yahweh, the true and living God. So brethren, that is lesson number one. Open wide your mouth. Lesson two, we must depend on Yahweh. We must depend on Yahweh. The second lesson is that we must depend on Yahweh's divine providence. You see, the baby bird trusts its parents for sustenance. The baby bird is completely reliant on its parent bird. In the same manner, brethren, we must also be reliant to Yahweh, just like the baby bird. Do you think that that bird could survive without its parents? Of course not. It will eventually die. That is how much reliant that bird is. And I believe that is how we should also be reliant to God. We must recognize that if we don't rely on God, we are going to die, both physically and spiritually. If the parent bird knows exactly how to feed their young, then how much more would God be able to feed us with the desires and the desires of our hearts? Let's go to Matthew 6, 25, verse 27. If you're going to look into the Bible, brethren, the Bible actually talks about birds a lot of times. Let's go to Matthew 6, verse 25, 27. Therefore, I say to you, this is our Messiah talking, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. So this is something that we could do. Look at the birds. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not are you not more valued than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Sometimes brethren we worry we worry too much and that's understandable because we are human beings. However, we are not called to do the natural but we must do the supernatural. So brethren, we must focus beyond our physical existence and focus on God's divine providence. So lesson number three, brethren, be patient and trust God's timing. Lesson number three, be patient and trust God's timing. When When I was observing the bird, the baby bird and the parent bird, it's not always that the, baby, the parents would be with their baby bird. There will, be, there will come a time that the parents have to leave their young. And yet, we could see the full, it seems that the baby bird has this full assurance that the parent birds will come back. I don't see them, I don't see them um, perhaps um, trying to go out or trying to make it out to, of their nest. I could see them that they are patiently waiting for their parent birds. In the same manner, brethren, these birds are trusting the timing of their parents, that they would eventually go back. In the same manner, brethren, we could also learn the lesson from these birds. We could be patient, waiting for God, and trust His perfect timing. You see, brethren, sometimes we don't feel like God is there Sometimes it feels like he's not listening to our prayers. Sometimes that God has left us or even forgotten about us. But we must remember, brethren, just like the parent bird um, leaving his, his, um, his baby bird, he's just going out there to look for food. In the same manner, brethren, God is also preparing something better. He's, pre- he's removing the obstacles in our path. He's remo- removing the wrong people. And when he finally comes back with his blessing, brethren, we must be prepared to open wide our mouth. So that is lesson number three. And finally, brethren, lesson number four, life is unpredictable. Life is unpredictable. You see, brethren, one moment, the baby bird is alive, and the next moment, it is already dead. I have the full... full expectation that it will grow and learn to fly, but life is truly unpredictable. In the same manner, brethren, the cat, might, you might think of it, that it symbolizes Satan, who is looking for an opportunity to kill us or destroy us. So this should be a lesson to our parents, all the parents out there, that we must be alert And we must look after our children because Satan is really angry. He wants to destroy our children. And this is something that I um, learned so much more during the Young Leaders Camp, that our children, our young people, experience a lot of difficulties in life and there are a lot of temptations. There are a lot of trials and challenges that they face. And as parents, we must be alert. We must not be blind. Just like me, I was blind. I saw that the 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 day before that, I already saw the cat. I already knew that there's impending danger. But what did I do? I ignored the the warning signs. I ignored it. I just ah oh, they will not do anything wrong. Look at the cat, it looks so innocent, it's so cute. How can how could it kill the the baby bird? And yet you could see that it killed the baby bird. Just like us, brethren, parents, let us not think. Let's, let's be more vigilant into protecting our children. In Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11, it tells us, the last part of that verse, time and chance happen to them all. Time and chance happen to them all. That's why life is really unpredictable. And because of that, brethren, because life is unpredictable, what should we do? We must treasure every moment that we have. Because you never know. You never know when it will be the last time you will meet and greet other people. We must not waste our time. You see, if you get angry, don't let the sun go down to your wrath. Don't hold on to it. Surrender it to God. If someone offends you, don't take it too personally. 50 years from now, after you die, no one's going to talk about it. So what's the use? Choose to be kind rather than insisting you're right. Sometimes it's not worth destroying the relationship just to prove your point. There's a lot of relationships, especially to the, the married ones. They drag on in their, in, their, um, in their quarrels because they just want to, to prove their point. And what's the use, brethren, if you are going to destroy your relationship in the process? So be nice to all people, no matter what position they hold, because even the beggar on the street are human beings who are made in the image of God. You see, brethren, life is unfair. You can choose to be sour, bitter, grouchy, or grumpy, and reach the end of your life with with, um, a life full of regrets. Or you can choose to be joyful, encourager, and kind, and reach the end of your life full of wonderful memories. It's your choice. Most importantly, brethren, remember this. Life is a gift from God. And what you do with your life is your gift to God. So, brethren, how are you using your gift? Use it for the glory of Yahweh. So no matter what happens in life, whether you live 50 years from now or you die tomorrow, you know that you lived your life well. Don't go to the grave with a heavy heart. Let go of your anger, your bitterness, and negative thinking. Replace it with God's truth, love, and grace. Because in the final analysis, brethren, God will not judge you by how much you know, but by how much you love. There you have it, brethren. Those are some of the lessons I learned from taking care of the nestling or the baby bird. Who would have thought that a simple bird can teach us so much lessons in this life? Right? And I hope you were inspired by my story and you go out there to live up the lessons we learned from the small, humble, and now peaceful bird. Thank you.